You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am Jeff Ellis. While other teams have news, the Indians are still kind of waiting. Uh, we know they like to play the long game. They're often the last ones to submit anything when it comes to deadlines, cutting down rosters, uh, releasing who's on their 40-man before, before those lock. Uh, the Indians always feel like the last team, and that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, they, well, other teams are cutting players, releasing players, making minor deals. Um, not so much for the Indians right now, but just in some quick old friends alerts. Uh, Jules Chassan, who we mentioned yesterday, the Braves are so hard up for pitching, they added him uh, on a major league contract. So we will see uh, how that works out. It's weird because the Braves have a lot of pitchers. They have a lot of depth. A lot of it is young, unproven arms. But, I mean, Jules Chessen, really? You're going to roll the dice there? Talked about how I thought Brian Shaw for sure would end up back in Cleveland. He's not. He's going to be in Seattle for the year. And just trying to see if there's any other late-breaking news. Not much that I see right now. Those are kind of the bigger pieces. Uh, A minor trade. Uh, two minor trades, I should say, actually, now that I think about it. Dylan Covey, who you probably remember mostly at the White Sox, up-and-down player, was in camp with the Rays, and they traded him to the Red Sox, who uh, are another team that's pitching staff is incredibly beat up right now. That's going to be a team that I can't even picture what their rotation is going to look like. With Sale not pitching this year, Eduardo Rodriguez isn't ready. You know, David Price got moved. They are going to be in a weird situation, to say the least, but... Uh, so they went out and acquired Cove, uh, Dylan Covey. Uh, I don't think I saw what the Rays got. I don't know if it was announced. It's not going to be much. He had an opt-out that he was probably going to take if the deal didn't come together. It's probably just a few bucks. And then Stephen Woods, who the Rays lost in the Rule 5 draft, they made one of those deals so the Royals could keep him and you know skirt him onto their 40. He may not even be on their 40, man. They might have He might have passed through waivers. So that this way, the uh, basically the Royals get him for a year try to work with him and see if they can uh, unlock more. On the same day, it's announced that the Rays lose Colin Poach for the year, the left-handed pitcher who pitched really well for them a year ago. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. The, the Rays ended up with down three pitchers today. But uh, when you are the Rays, you have the depth to cover such things. So that was really all the news to talk about. I did want to give everyone a heads up. Um, Sprint and T-Mobile merged. And because of that merger, let me pull the exact name of the app. If you have Sprint, you can now do all the deals on the T-Mobile, like Tuesdays for T-Mobile, something along those lines app. I'm going to try to pull up the exact name. And I'm mentioning this, not as a a plug. Yeah, it's like T-Mobile Tuesdays. The reason I want to mention this is if you have Sprint or T-Mobile, you can go through this app right now and get MLB TV free for the year. So... All 60 games plus more, you know, it does have the in-market blackout rules, unfortunately. But if you just want to watch baseball, looking out for you guys, the fans out there, you can go through and pull that up and look at the, uh, and get for free, MLB.com TV for the year. And they also have a deal on there. If you've never signed up for it, you can get the, uh, the Athletic free for a year. Those are both of the deals for today. So something to check out uh, if you would like to get the athletic you can get that free for a year and you can get mlb tv free for a year it's the t-mobile tuesdays app that is for anyone who has t-mobile or sprint just looking out for you fans out there of the podcast and speaking of fans uh zong 
Zahn, no, yes, Zahn Zenner, probably butchered your name again, I apologize, but he was, he sent me a, a message, and he was like, it seems we're going into the season with a number of outfielders com- competing for a spot to play. Is there any evidence of past teams who have benefited from such a situation? I mean, we usually don't want to think of competition within a team, but is it necessarily a bad thing? Uh, I, I guess the question with the competition with the Indians outfield, the way I look at it is such. We know that Oscar Mercado is going to be in center field. We know right now that Domingo Santana, it's sounding like, man, he was really bad too. He's going to be out in, he's going to be in right, isn't he? Wow, that's going to be ugly because Fran Mil Reyes has not looked great this spring and he missed time. So you've got this situation where you got a, a really bad defender in right. You got Mercado in center field and left field because Naquin is healthy and it looks like Leplo is getting better and better. That position is set. So in an odd way, that entire outfield is set. Bradley Zimmer... You, oh, and then he, Zahn just updated this real quick, you know. He was wondering if there's a precedent for it, if, uh, for such a thing. Um, so when you look at it, it's like Bradley Zimmer is going to be there. We'll see if Domingo Santana falls flat on his face or not. There's a reason why Santana has been with so many different organizations. It's he's It's been, incon- he's been an inconsistent ball player. He had the great first half and kind of fell apart. The Indians got him on the cheap. We'll see what they can do, but... <laughs> they're essentially playing two DHs right now, and that, that's a net negative. But I think when you look at someone like Domingo Santana, it means you have to keep someone who can be a defensive replacement. You don't want him ever out there in the, the eighth or ninth inning if you can avoid it uh, in terms of his defense. So someone like Brad Zimmer, who can handle all three outfield spots, definitely has an added benefit. Uh, Greg Allen can do that. When we talk about someone like Daniel Johnson, he can definitely do that. So those guys and their added value is kind of in that role. Um, I am curious to see who makes the cut. You know, I think, as I mentioned, it's going to be down to Zimmer or Allen. And whoever it is, it's essentially that, that extra role. Um, the, the benefit, I think, with Zimmer and the way he's played is there's always a chance that someone like Domingo Santana could be platooned if we go and we look at his career stats to see if there's any value in that. There's some slight value in that platoon. We look at his career numbers, an 827 OPS against uh, lefties and a 785 against righties. Uh, the overall numbers, though, it's like that's not a huge divide. He's not, like, terrible against one. He is passable either way. His batting average is 257 and 260. He just walks a lot more and hits for more power against lefties, and that's that's the separator there. But he can survive hitting against both. So... We'll see. Uh, I think, you know, we have seen teams who have just tons of competition. I think the precedent would be the Dodgers um, back when they had that situation where they're paying Andre Ethier all that money. And you had, you know, Jock Peterson when he first came up. And you also had Matt Kemp, who was making a lot of money. And Cody Bellinger, if you remember, came up playing first base because that outfield was so packed with players. Yasiel Puig at his peak there, too. So... Uh, and, you know, most of those turned into good players who gave them good years. So that's the, the precedent that comes to mind. Uh, the Dodgers just kept adding talent to that outfield. And even now, uh, you know, they have Pollock and they've got Mookie Betts. And they still have Jock Peterson. And they've got just, a you know, a wealth of outfielders. So much so that they were going to trade away Jock Peterson before that trade fell apart. Um, and we know, like, if Jock Peterson was on the Indians, he would be a starter tomorrow. Uh, there was a time, if they didn't add the DH, 
Jack Peterson was going to be a backup for the Dodgers, whereas if he was with the Indians, he would probably be hitting in the upper part of the lineup. So yeah, there, there is that. We have seen that uh, type of build before. The Dodgers outfield is said to be, you know, Betts, Bellinger, and Pollock with Peterson as your DH. Again, it's kind of crazy to just think about that, that that is their outfield and that Jock Peterson, who's a good outfielder in his own right, is defensively is going to have to be a DH. So we have seen it, especially some of these better teams, uh, those Yankees teams in the 90s. We saw that when you had like Bernie Williams and Paul O'Neill. And, you know, there was a, a point in time when the Indians traded him David Justice because they had need, but they always managed to cycle through those outfielders. And the upside, honestly, I think for a team like the Yankees in the 90s was um, it allowed them allowed them to trade prospects. Remember, the Indians went out and got Ricky Lede in that David Justice deal because he was supposed to be a big-time prospect. Uh, but it makes those prospects a little easier to trade. Uh, it gives you a little more uh, ease in trading those type of guys because outfield prospects, I, I feel like, are a very risky proposition. So, yeah, it allows you to trade those younger pieces to continue building the core. And if someone establishes themselves and you have that credit outfield, it, it does make them a trade candidate. If Bradley Zimmer does fully come back this year and everything is working well, does all of a sudden someone like Domingo Santana enter the trade block for a team that needs a DH where he would do well, that that is his ideal role? Maybe. Uh, I don't know if they'd look to trade Franmil with his years of control, but it does open you up and allow you to kind of look how you can shift some of your talent. Uh, another team I would be remiss to not talk about in terms of the precedent of just an overloaded outfield is the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds entered the season with Nick Senzel, uh, entered the offseason, I should say, with Nick Senzel, you know, former, like, best hitting prospect in the minors as their center fielder. Uh, they had Arrestus Aquino, who had that huge second half, as you might recall, where he just hit everything. Uh, crazy amount of home runs. They also, uh, in that outfit, had Jess Winkler, the former top prospect who had a really good uh, first two years in the uh, majors, and a lot of people are high on him. And then they went out and added Nick Castellanos, who was arguably the Cubs' best hitter for the final two months of the season, and Shugo, Shogo Akiyama, who was a very productive hitter in Japan. They already had three outfield positions, it looked like, potentially set. And they went out and added two more guys. Now it's looking like Winkler... Akiyama and um, Castellanos are going to be their outfield. Sensel at DH. Uh, Aquino could possibly be a DH for them. As could Philip Irvin, another player who's an interesting outfielder for them, a former first-round pick who has shown some stuff from time to time. Uh, so there are a few teams that one could argue have even more depth than the Indians. You know, I talked about Scott Shebler, who they let go yesterday. So, yeah, there's a precedent. Um, it's always something that is out there, something to look at. It's because a lot of guys can, in a pinch, play all three spots. And if you are an infielder who can't cut it, there's a lot of college second basemen who end up in the outfield. There's a lot of college third basemen that end up in the outfield, a.k.a. Lonnie Chisenhall. So especially with that outfield, there's a precedent for having that many kind of bodies or players who could potentially step up because that is where a lot of talented players get shunted to when they prove they can't play another position. Our newest sponsor is CBDMD. And I went to the website because I'm always curious to check out a, a new sponsor. And this is a great sponsor in regards that when you go to CBMD right now, 
and you put in your order, you're going to get 25% off your entire order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB, which shows them specifically that you are coming and using this thanks to the MLB side of the Locked On Network. It's National Hemp Month. I didn't realize that. I went to their website. What I found interesting is when you go to their website, they have gummies, topicals, capsules, sleep aids, bath bombs, but they also have a whole set of things for pets, including peanut butter and topicals and hard chews. It's for dogs is what it looks like. All the ads have dogs on them, but this isn't just something for you. It could be something to try if you have a highly anxious dog, something that could help them out. So you're going to go over to CBDMD, use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. According to their website right now, they're having free two to three day shipping on all orders in the U.S., 100% satisfaction guaranteed. CBDMD, promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Okay, let's talk about in, the Indians, right? That's This is an Indians podcast, I'm sure. After all my digressions on uh, other teams over the last two weeks, you're like, yes, it is an Indians podcast. Talk about them. Well, we do have some bits of news. I think we can kind of figure out the Indians lineup at this point. But we one thing we know for sure is the Indians rotation. Shane Bieber is going to be their starter um, on opening day. He's going to be followed by Clevenger and then Carrasco. After that, I'm betting Plesak and then Aaron Saval in the five spot just because Wednesday's game, when you should listen to this podcast, the last exhibition game against the Pirates, Saval is going to be the starter in that one. So just giving him the max rest after that would just line him up. Plutko's going to start the year in the pen in a long roll. That's probably his best role. It is nice to have him in that role, though, because if something goes wrong, something inevitably goes wrong, uh, you know, there's not a lot of times where you only use six, seven starters. Again, 60-game season, who knows? This is going to be crazy. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. But Plutko is an emergency arm, is an ideal placement for him. Plesak, uh, you know, I was reading a piece by Zach Meisel. That's where I saw that released information. Talked about that he's been spending the entire time with COVID working out with uh, Clevenger. It's funny because Clevenger, you know, learned a lot under Bauer and now he's helping with that. And talked about how Plesak was very immobile and they worked on his hips and he's got some hips that can move now. And the thing just to point out again was Zach Plesak. He went to Ball State and was awesome. He was on the Eric Lauer level his first two years. He was a two-way guy, an outfielder when he wasn't pitching. Got hurt, never came all the way back, became a day three pick by the Indians. That same draft is Bieber and Saval. And he's, you know, the furthest behind. He was a small school guy. And on top of being a small school guy, he was a hurt small school guy. Now, none of them came from massive programs, but the Mac was smaller than, I believe, Saval was... He might have been at Northeastern, not Connecticut. So he was at a pretty small one as well. And, I mean, Santa Barbara compared to those programs is huge because of the success of the baseball program. But it doesn't change the fact that he was the one who was hurt. So he's always been a little bit further behind. It'll be interesting to see if they can unlock more with him just in general. Uh, I've always been a big fan. You know, I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that Plesak has turned into what he has turned into just because I was the guy who crazily had always had him, like, 12th on all of my Indians prospect lists like I never had the nerve to put him in the top 10 when he was in the lower minors but I was like I saw him in college he's got major league stuff I saw him pitch on a day with major league stuff uh if he can get it all together he can make it and he had some you know first two years Mrs. Mahoning Valley stats are really good and that also made me interested uh in seeing what he could do so it's almost like hey I got this one right you know that's it's always fun when you can do that so we'll see. I'm glad he is in that fifth spot. I think that is the ideal set for the rotation. We'll see 
you know, if it's 60 games and everyone gets all of the starts amongst them, that's 12 starts per pitcher. Probably going to see closer to 10 starts for each of your pitchers this year. As for the lineup, I think we know what it is. Uh, reading between the lines, it's going to go Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, Carlos Santana. Franmil Reyes is going to hit fifth. Your sixth spot is going to be the Luplo Naquin platoon. Seven is Domingo Santana. Eight is Roberto Perez. Nine is Oscar Mercado. And frankly, that is, to me, the ideal lineup. Uh, I am perfectly content with that. I don't see any issues. If Roberto Perez doesn't wear down, if he can play like he played in the first half of last year, I would consider moving him up a bit. I mean, I think we forget just how good he was uh, through about June, July. But either way, that's not a bad lineup. It's not. I mean, there are a lot of question marks. There are a lot of concerns. Uh, the Zach Meisel piece over on the Atlantic, or the Atlantic, the Athletic also pointed out that when you look at what Naquin and Luplo combined to do, their production in terms of batting average, on-base, and slugging was in line with J.D. Martinez. Uh, it's They both do what they do very well. And... I was also, you know, I was the advocate for the Jock Peterson deals. I didn't think Naquin would be back and ready by now. I just, he's proven me wrong in that regard. And Peterson and Leplo would have been, you know, an MVP caliber platoon. But it's, when you're a team like the Indians, you have to find that value in ways like that. So I'll be curious to see, you know, can Leplo show enough? I think he will. I do think Bradley Zimmer is going to stick. So I think we see Greg Allen join that, that group down there. I think we see... Um, Yu Chen Chang end up down amongst with those players uh, in Lake County. And it just comes down to the pitching, right? Uh, said if you assume that Greg Allen is going down uh, and that uh, Chang does, that means there's two more players, likely pitchers, who end up down there. Cam Hill, I think, is a very likely candidate because the problem with adding Cam Hill is then you have to adjust your 40-man roster. That is going to be an issue and mark against adding him uh, when they're already juggling enough other pieces, parts, and moving uh, things. After that, I, I'm not exactly sure. We'll have to kind of do a bit of a wait and see. Um, it's going to be an odd start, because remember, we're going to start at 30. It's going to cut down to 28, and then it's going to go to 26. And then, top of my head, I'm not remembering if we then jump back up to 28, or if because we're doing expanded roster at the start, that there's not going to... I don't think there is the equivalent of like a September call-up expansion this year. I think once we cut down to 26, we stay at 26 for the rest of the season. So yeah, it's an odd one. Uh, by this time tomorrow when I'm recording, hopefully we'll have a roster I can tell you more about, but there's no guarantee of that. I might try to do a live stream of opening day on Hot Mike. So let me know what you think about that idea. Would you want to sit and watch opening day with me on, uh, on Thursday evening and record the podcast as that is occurring? Uh, I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. I do want to take a moment and, again, talk about our sponsors, CBDMD, talk about the two items that they specifically are very proud about. They're Freeze with Menthols, an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints and a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube, and their CBD recovery, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds that give you the support you need when it matters the most. And remember, when you go to CBMD right now and use the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB you're going to get 25% off your order if you've ever been curious here's your chance get 25% off and free shipping I mean you're not going to get a better deal than that if you want to try for you for your pets 
They have so many products to go check them out today and help us out. As I was saying, though, thank you all. You are the reason this podcast exists. I have been Jeff Ellis. I hope you're getting excited for baseball. It is, you know, only a day away by the time we listen to this. Should should I make an Annie reference? Again, thank you, listeners. And as always, go Tribe.